Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast. This is Bob Shoneman alongside Pete Robertson. Hello. How you doing? Merry Christmas, Pete. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Man, it is beginning to look a lot like Christmas. It is? It, well, it it's is. 87 degrees tomorrow. today. Oh. <laughs> tomorrow is Christmas Eve, Pete. Oh, oh. Aren't you excited about Santa and the sleigh and all that stuff? You know, being in Florida, it doesn't make you as, as excited because it is 87 degrees when we go to the beach. Yeah, well, I am in Williamsburg, Virginia. It's cold and there. We get, yeah, so we get to feel the seasons and uh, taking my daughter ice skating down on the dog street. So it works. It works. Kind of got that 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 feeling of Christmas. My wife and I said that we have to get to the snow this year. So some way, somehow, my daughter just came back from Alaska. And she was there for a whole week. That's and she, awesome. Yeah, nothing but blizzard snow every day. So we told her we have to get to the thing. But 87 degrees on Christmas is a little weird. It is weird. Yeah. So, but like I said, I'm, I'm yeah. having hot cocoa and yeah. watching my daughter ice skate. So, But it is I, nice, too. I mean, how many places in the world can we go to the beach on Christmas Day? Do you have one of those, you know, those Florida Christmas trees, you know, the palm trees with the lights on it? No, but that's kind of cool. It is kind of cool. <laughs> That would be like totally authentic. So do you love Christmas? I love this I time do. of year. I do. I, I love hanging out with family. I, I love kind of just everybody's in a good mood. The joy, the joy of the season is real. And uh, yeah, I just love Christmas. I, I, I love the music. I love the decorations. I love the cooler weather. I don't know. I like it. And, and it's, you know, one of the things that I've, I love the most is that I wish this was the case every single day of our lives, but there's a lot of people looking to help other people. There's, yes. There is that mindset that at Christmas time, you're to serve the poor, you're to help, you know, the person, you're to be nice, you're to, you know, that kind of thing. I mean, I guess, could every day be Christmas? Could every week be that? I don't know. I wish it were. Yeah. That's a good point. Though. It is. People though. are much more open to giving. Yeah. Like I was at, we were at Sam's Club and they have this thing out in front where they're giving away gifts to the, to the people that need, you know, toys and kids that need toys during this time. And as we're walking in, they're asking, Hey, would you like to donate to this? You buy one and then we give one and you know, that kind of thing. And I was just sitting there, all these people that were, there's a lot of people that were doing it. And I'm just like, man, if we could just have that mentality, poverty would be taken away and people would be, you know, poor would be taken care of and everything else. So you just, yeah. As a humanity, I mean, if we could just do, I don't know. That's my thought. I, you see that at Christmas. So I like, like that part. Yeah. The giving part. And you know, you know, just, man, I just, th this wasn't in my notes at all, but I was just thinking, remember those, those tornadoes yeah. a couple weeks ago? Yeah. Think about, I mean, in, those people celebrating Christmas this year that don't have houses, you know, they don't have a place to live. Yeah. So, I mean, if you have the ability, that would be a good thing to do. I mean, you could support, there's a lot of great Samaritan's purse. Samaritan's on the, purse. Yeah. Um, I, I know there's a lot of good organizations out there that, that really just jump in there and help out. So do your research. You don't want to just send your money anywhere, but do your research. And uh, yeah, I had a friend of mine that lived in, it lives in Beaver Dam, Kentucky, and he's from Southern California. And so they just moved to Kentucky and they're used to earthquakes in California, but now in Beaver Dam, they're, they're getting wow. these tornadoes and they were one mile outside of their community was part of that tornado that went through Mayfield that wiped out everything. And so they were showing videos the other day of, of some of the devastation 
And uh, yeah, it was real. I mean, it really did wipe out a lot of people. So yeah, you're right. So Christmas right now is a little bit different, but they also, I mean, it depends on how you look at it. They can say, woe is me. Oh my gosh, my life sucks. You know that, or they can just, yeah, yeah, they could just be thankful they're alive or thankful that, you know, whatever that is. I mean, maybe they lost somebody, but they can still see God's love and kindness in it. I think what's beautiful is you're hearing the stories of people just helping out each other, you know, uh, moving into their houses, helping, you know, whatever it takes, but you see people just loving on each other because of, you know, this tragic situation. So, yeah, I think it does it in a lot of ways, it brings out the best in people too. So. Yeah. And I think when they, people watch elf, that makes Christmas better too. So a couple good segue. A couple of weeks ago, we <laughs> talked about uh, we had Barry on the show, and we, we were talking about our favorite Christmas movies. And I think all three of us mentioned Elf. So Pete and I were just talking about, you know, what's your favorite scene from the Elf movie? There's so and there's many. So many. I mean, yeah. kind of, you know what I, I like when he's in um, Kimball's yeah. or, or Macy's, whatever you want to call it. Right. Uh, he's in the store, and they're talking about you know Santa coming the next day. Yeah. And he's like, I know him. You know, it's so funny. Time for the announcement. Okay. Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Santa! Oh my God! Santa here? I know him. I know him. There's, I, just, there's so many funny parts of that movie. I did a sermon many years ago and I used video clips from Elf. From Buddy the Elf? <laughs> yeah. And one of the clips was when we were talking about Jesus, how excited we should be with knowing Jesus. Yeah. And the same thing. I know him. Oh my gosh. You know, I knew him. And it's kind of the same thing. And so I use so that as, as an illustration for that. Then I like the one Francisco, you know, he said over and over again, I like the word name Francisco. And he says, Francisco, Francisco, Francisco. And he said it over and over again. Francisco. Francisco. That's fun to say. Francisco. 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 Have you ever done that? Like there's a certain word that just sounds really cool. And you're like, Hey, that sounds really cool. I don't know. That was funny. Uh, is there sugar in syrup? Yeah. <laughs> and he puts syrup on everything. How oh, about Lord. that spaghetti that he made for oh, breakfast and lunch? I don't think I could eat that. That was gross. Oh my gosh. It was horrible. But it still makes me laugh every single I time. I am surprised that there's so many people that have not seen the movie Elf. We, I, we asked like a group of people who hasn't seen Elf and like five hands raised up. I was like, are you kidding what me? What is wrong with you? That is, oh. it's like Nacho Libre. Where you did gotta you see Nacho Libre too. Where did you get the wood to make that? Yeah. So many things. Right. Angry Elf. So if you don't know anything or, you know, all this stuff we're talking to you, sounds like we're speaking in tongues. It means you need to watch the movie. Yeah. So. Jesus loves us. Jesus loves us. All right. What hey, are we talking about? Did you want to talk about, uh, speak, you know, we were talking about fundraising and, uh, oh, yeah. you know, helping people out. Yeah. Do you want you want to share with our listeners or you know a little bit about that? <laughs> oh, do I want to? I will. We yeah. So I mean, if you're out there and you're listening to us, we are a listener-supported podcast, and that means that we're a 501c3. And if you would love to donate, and if we've blessed you and we've speaking into your life or encouraged your day, we would love it if you would come alongside of us and maybe donate. 
Um, you can be a monthly partner or you can be a, uh, a one-time giver and, and donator and you know, whatever you want to say. We're, we don't ask for money ever, guys. So this is like uncomfortable for us. It's like our least favorite thing of the world. <laughs> yeah, we do. don't do that. But if you go onto riotpodcast.co and go to the donate button, click on that. And then it kind of shares a little bit about our story and, and how you can donate. So, all right, got that out of the way. Good job. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Well done. All well, right. let, let's pray and then we'll jump into um, our text for today, right. which I'm excited about. So, Father, we uh, we love you. We uh, appreciate you. We thank you for the listeners that are that are tuning in to the show now and those that are watching it on YouTube, Lord. We ask that uh, you would just speak to them, that uh, you would uh, give them something to just kind of grab onto today, Father, something to draw them closer to you. Father, I pray that uh, the the fun that Pete and I have would just continue just to, to point people to you, Father. Mm. We, you know, we're just having a good time. We love that you have a, a sense of humor as well. Mm. Lord, I ask you, um, man, we were just talking about the, the the folks that were impacted by the the tornadoes in the Midwest, Lord. I just pray that you would you would heal those yes. towns, Lord, that uh, you would uh, in in all of the darkness and the, and the this tragedy that they've gone through, Father, I, I just pray that little pieces of glory would come up, that people would be pointed mm. to you and that you would you would be glorified in all of it, that um, the good in people would come out and you would see them loving on each other and, and helping each other, Father. And uh, I just pray that uh, just good would come out of something that's mm-hmm. so horrific. Mm. So, Father, I ask you to be with our, our listeners today, be with this show. And we love you. We thank you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. So Christmas time. So we're going to read the Christmas story today. Pete. Yeah, let's read it. We'll talk about it and then we'll dive into it a little bit. So we're going to jump into uh, Luke chapter two and read, kind of read the beginning of the Christmas story here. So in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Kieranus was governor of Sierra. Uh, Sierra. Yeah, and then that I messed really up. Good. And then I messed up Syria <laughs> and all went to be registered each in his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in the manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, There were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, or cloths and lying in the manger. And suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning this child, and all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up these things, pondering them in her heart, and the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they have heard and seen, 
as it had been told to them. Wow. Is this hearing it again, just kind of puts it all in perspective. Any thoughts that you had from that? Can you imagine being the shepherds? I mean, you know, it's easy to think about Mary Joseph and, and, and Jesus in the manger, but I, I, as I was reading that again, I'm just thinking the shepherds as these angels come down and they said they were fearful, right? Can you imagine you're just doing your job? You're just working whatever you do for a, for a living. And all of a sudden these angels show up <laughs> and, and they were, they were afraid. Right. And they're like, don't, don't be afraid. I bring you good news. And not just you, I bring everybody good news. I, man, that just, just blows me away. It's, it's trying to understand. I think when people hear this, I, I think sometimes they don't understand it's it. What, how is it good news? And how is, how is this important to me? Or why is this important to me? You know, kind of thing. And, you know, I, I always, I always take people back and says, you got to understand what was the, the, the outcome before this, you know, if you were not a Jew, um, then you were a Gentile, as the Bible says, and that you were destined to hell for all eternity. And Jesus, from the very beginning of time, or God from the very beginning of time, talked about the, the time will come when all nations, all people will be able to have a relationship with Jesus, that will have a relationship with God, Yahweh, and, um, and that there will be an opportunity for everyone to have eternal life or to be saved from eternal hell for all eternity. And not only that is to have the opportunity to live in peace and to live in harmony, to live with purpose and to, uh, to have, you know, virtually everything work together for our good, um, was now get being brought as it talked about peace that we are now able to um, have that because of this Jesus being born um, where before, you know, we didn't, we, we were outside of, we were kicked out of the garden of Eden and within the garden of Eden, people need to understand that God took care of everything. They, they walked in fellowship with the father. They, they were in communion with the father. The father took care of all of their needs. The father provided for them the food, provi provided them the fellowship. He provided Adam with Eve and, and all of this. God took care of that. Outside of the garden, we had to start taking care of everything. We had to till the land. We had to um, you know, fend for ourselves. We had to you know, do certain things to put position ourselves to be in presence with the father. That's why the commandments came in. Uh, to teach us what it meant to be holy, to teach us what it meant to be, you know, set apart, you know, as, as God told the Israelites, I want you to be a city on a hill set apart so that the whole world will know that I am God. And, and that has been God's plan from the very beginning. But as a Gentile, we still were not grafted in, as the Bible says, we still were not able to have fellowship with Yahweh, the father, because we were not set apart. And we were not holy. We were not his chosen people. And so when Jesus came onto the scene, the reason why there was an army of angels celebrating it is because all of humanity, everything changed in that very moment. When Jesus was born, we now had the opportunity to, to have fellowship with God. We now were given the key and access back into the Garden of Eden 
so that no longer we have to worry about our problems. We can cast all of them unto the Lord. We can come boldly now into the throne room of God. And we don't have time to go into all of this, but it's just to try to explain to people the significance of this and how big and how grand this is, is just incomprehensible. And so the, re- the people are like, well, why do they all celebrate? And why was this such a big deal? Well, that is the reason. That is the reason all of humanity has now been given the opportunity to be have eternal life, to, to have their sins forgiven, to, to be able to have fellowship with Abba Father, to, to have everything taken care of. All of our, we, one day, all of our tears will be wiped away. All of the pain in our life will be gone because we now, uh, the Bible says, because of Jesus, absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And so that is kind of it in a nutshell, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, Thoughts? let me. I was thinking the same thing, and as you're talking about that, so let me give you maybe a different perspective. So every everybody's kind of familiar with John three sixteen, right? You know, for God so loved the world that He said His only begotten Son. But it it follows up, and this is what I think Pete, Pete's talking about. He's like our our condition <laughs> was not good, and so in 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 verse seventeen of John three. It says that, uh, you know, Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn the world. And then in, in 18, it talks about if you believe in Jesus, you are not condemned. But if you don't, you are condemned already. Hmm. So he didn't come here to condemn us. We were already condemned. Amen. He came here to save us. That's and it. I think that's that's kind of the, the whole message is, you know, that's that's why he had to come. So, well, let me just break down verses one through 20. So I'll start in verse 11. So. It said, for unto us, you is born this day. Okay. So it says this day. So people need to understand it happened on a day, a day in history, not a day in some mythological imaginary story, but a day when Caesar Augustus was the emperor of Rome and Quirinius was governor of Syria. So the, this story gives us exact day. It's so we can trace back through history, this creed, this census that Caesar Augustus asked, and we can prove without a shadow of a doubt that this day happened. Okay. So that's the first thing we recognize here. When the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. It says that in Galatians 4, 4. It happened on a day, the perfect day in the fullness of time, the perfect time appointed by God before the foundation of the world for unto you is born this day. So we have to get that. So that's just, that's a lot of people think, well, is a, you know, this really happened. Is this just a fairy tale that just, you know, no, we can prove because of what the Bible is saying here that this happened in a day. Okay. And also happened in the city of David. So this is another proof. This is another signs of the time or the time stamp. It happened in a city, not in Narnia, not in the middle of earth, not in a galaxy far, far and away. This happened in the city (laughs) named Bethlehem. Luke 2, 4 says, Joseph also went up from Galilee to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Bethlehem is six miles from Jerusalem. Bethlehem, the city where Jesse lived, the father of David, the great king of Israel. So this, we know that it happened in a day. We know that it happened in Bethlehem. So people can understand that this took place. Another thing that we know is that it was a savior. A person that came, the baby that came was our savior. For unto you born this day in the city of David, a savior. A savior, if you have ever sinned against God, you need a savior. 
The angel said to Joseph, you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from sins. We find that in Matthew 121. Only God can forgive sins against God. That is why God sent his eternal son and God into the world, because he is God. That's why Jesus said, the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Therefore, a savior was born. Without that savior, ladies and gentlemen, we have death, but we are now saved from death. All right, let's get into like the shepherd's angels announcements. Okay, that would be what verses eight through 20. So if we look at that, it says one angel can bring the news. I mean, just think about it. If you, uh, it, it's, there's many times in the Bible where an angel would show up and the people are like, oh my gosh, you know, and they start bowing down and they're freaking out because the angel is powerful. Let's just understand that it's divinity. They have power and authority above everything. So one angel can bring the news, but it does not suffice for one angel to respond to this news. This news, the meaning of this news is the ultimate outcome of the news. This news demands an army hmm. of angels in verse 13. Wow. That is when it talked about that the heavenly host and they, all the angels rejoice because this is a big deal, people. And suddenly there was an angel and a multitude of the heavenly host, an army praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. And so peace is now mentioned here. The news has two great outcomes, the two great purposes per se. God to the glory in the highest and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. First and foremost, God is glorified because this child is born. And second, peace is to spread everywhere this child is received. These are the great purposes for the coming of Jesus. Glory ever ascending from man to God, peace ever descending from God to man. God's glory sung among men for the sake of his name. God's peace lived out among men for the sake of his name. God's purpose is to give you peace by giving, by being the most glorious person in your life. Five times in the New Testament, he is called the God of peace. And, and Jesus said, my peace I give you. And Paul said, Jesus himself is our peace. So peace is another big thing that is being said here. So how do we have peace? Bob, what is that peace that it's talking about? I Remind me, I, I want to talk about when you, we were reading, you were reading that again. I want to talk about the swaddling cloths. I heard right. a story one time okay. that I wanted to share and it just popped in my mind. Right, so yeah, so remind me right, about that. I put it down. So the peace, I, I don't know, Pete. What, what peace are we no, talking about? On. I don't know. You have peace in your life, right? I do. How do you have peace in your life? My relationship with God, yeah. uh, knowing my eternal yeah. uh, destination, yeah. um, knowing that, uh, you know, the, the things here are just temporal that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm working for, hopefully, and I fail at this a lot, but I'm working for things that uh, will matter in eternity and not things that matter here on this, on this earth. Those right. all give me peace. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What else? No, you're right. I, I mean, so when a circumstance happens in your life, yeah. you have two options. What are those two options? get angry yeah, <laughs> or, or, or accept it and, and see, you know, what is God trying to teach me or is God trying to use me through that circumstance? So when we have a circumstance in our life without Jesus in our hearts and our minds, we have to figure out how to overcome the circumstance. Okay. 
most of the time we'll get angry. Most of the time we'll have frustration. Most of the time we'll start manipulating it or trying to control that. But Bible says that because of Jesus in our heart, we now can have peace that surpasses all understanding. So that once that happens, we then surrender that circumstance. God tells us in the Bible that because of Jesus, we can now cast all of our cares, all of our burdens unto him. We can now rest in his presence, knowing that, as it says in Romans 8, 28, he is going to work all things together for our good, for those who are called according to his purpose. And we know that we, that God is faithful because the Bible says throughout that he is faithful. He is true. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He will always be present in all the times of trouble. Without Jesus, we don't have that. But because of Jesus, we now have a peace. We not only we have peace in our own life, we have peace in our circumstances, we have peace for our eternal life. We just have peace, period. And it's, as I said at the very beginning, we are now given that access, those keys to now come back into the Garden of Eden. God takes care of everything. We don't have that without God. Amen. So because of Jesus, again, so that's talking about peace, that there's going to be peace to all of mankind. And so a lot of people that are listening to this, like, well, I don't know what peace I have. Well, I, we just shared it right here. Both of us just basically laid it out. That's the peace that you have. So it's kind of exciting. So tell us about your swaddling clothes story. Okay. So I, I heard a story. So how did, before Jesus, how did people atone for sin? They did sacrifice. sacrifice. And I'm going to put yeah. you on the spot, right? Make, yeah, sacrifice. Make, yeah. And, and what did the, the sacrifice have to be? So it was an animal, but perfect lamb or perfect lamb or perfect animal. Yeah. So Spotless. they would, the shepherds would have these and sometimes would sell them to people coming in so they could take in a perfect animal yeah. into the temple. Right. Yeah. So they're out in the fields in the mud and the rain. How did they protect those animals to keep them perfect? They put them in swaddling clothes. Yeah. They yeah. wrapped them up in swaddling clothes Yeah, so that they could take them to the temple and they would be a perfect sacrifice. Yeah. What did they find Jesus? And what did the shepherds find yeah. Jesus in? Yeah. Yeah. What a, what a picture, right? Mm-hmm. He, um, he was, yeah. So you're saying he was the perfect lamb, the perfect lamb, yeah. the perfect sacrifice. Yeah. So even when they first, you know, it just, it's just so cool. Um, you, God is amazing. And he's, he's like foreshadowing the, the perfect sacrifice, right. Even there on the, you know, that early, I don't know if it's the night he was born or the day after it's obviously pretty early on, but just all this, just, it's just perfect. And you were going to, you're going to talk about here in a little bit, just the odds of all these kind of things happening, but just even little details like that in the story. It's just, it's just amazing. Yeah. The Bible says, behold the lamb of God. Right. So, but here is, he is the lamb he's wrapped in swaddling clothes (laughs) so that he can be offered perfectly before spotless and blameless. And he was, he lived a perfect life. And so that he was the ultimate sacrifice. So as the Bible says that he, he died as Adam's sin brought into the world in one man and one man brought, you know, salvation to the world. Amen. And that is through Jesus. I just read what yesterday in Revelations four talking about that Jesus was the lamb of God and that, that, you know, John was seeing this lamb in heaven, this perfect <laughs> lamb. And, you know, it all brought, you know, probably to him. It's like, Oh, I get it. You know, it's all coming to light. For him. We're reading the same Bible plan. I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think at this time of the year, though, I think most Bible plans are on Revelation. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, let me let me check. Did you yeah. did you read Jonah today? Yeah. <laughs> and then Obadiah was just a couple of days. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
I love it. I love it. If that, so here's a note to you guys. If you need a Bible plan, That's contact awesome. us. We'll get you a Bible plan. Read the same it, one we're reading. It's we, amazing. We can talk about it. Yes. It's really good because it's in depth. I mean, that one gives you Psalms. It gives you Proverbs. It gives you Old Testament. It gives you New Testament. I love it. Yeah. Good stuff. But if you're not on a Bible plan, get on one. <laughs> we say this in an encouraging, loving way. <laughs> the Bible plan is the way to go. All right. Go so on. are you going to tell us about 10 to the power of 17 or to the 17th power? Are All we right, going to get into that a little yeah, bit? Let's read. This is fascinating to me. Let's I'm, read. A, I'm a numbers guy. All right. So the title of today's story, and we didn't even get this out yet, is the greatest love story ever told. And so we just kind of laid out why this is a great love story. I mean, God so loved the world so much that he gave his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Okay. But it, it started right after the, the, the garden of Eden. It started in Genesis three, God made a statement right at that time that he was going to save all of mankind. And he constantly kept dropping hints about Jesus throughout, throughout the whole old Testament. And we're going to talk about some of those today, but this is, this is by far the greatest. There is no greater love story on the planet ever written about uh, a God that loved us, that he sent his son so that we can have fellowship and eternal life with him. But after the fall of man in the garden of Eden, God has never stopped loving and pursuing those he calls his own. In fact, God has given his prophets testimonies of div his divine plan long before Jesus was ever born. Throughout the Old Testament, God could not stop talking about his son and that he would save all of humanity from eternal death. Some scholars believe that there are more than 300 prophecies about Jesus in the Old Testament. These prophecies are specific enough that the mathematical probability of Jesus fulfilling even a handful of them, let alone all of them, is staggering, improbable, if not impossible. God, in his infinite love, has continuously shared with us his plan of Jesus redeeming the whole world from the very beginning. The wait, wait, wait. Yeah. So you're saying Jesus was before? Jesus was before he was born. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. John 1, 1. John 1, 1. You know what that is? <laughs> I do. In the beginning? In the beginning was the word and the word was the flesh. Or, yeah, word, or, word was word, with God. Yeah. Word was God. Yeah. And then Colossians 1 talked about that as well. We just studied that not too long ago. So to put this in perspective, okay, we're going we're gonna to talk about eight prophecies today, but let, let's just give the probability of the eight that we're going to talk about. Let's give the probability of those eight. So if you put this in perspective, if Jesus have only fulfilled eight prophecies, that would be one in 10 to the 17th power. This was done by a university in Texas. I believe it might've been Texas A&M. I'm not quite sure. I forget the name of them. But if, but if he were to fulfill eight prophecies, he did over 300. There's over 300 in, in the Old Testament talking about Jesus coming to the earth, okay? And everything about him. But if he fulfilled eight prophecies, it would be one in 10th to the 17th power. Let's try to visualize this chance. If you mark one of 10 tickets, and place all of the tickets in a hat and thoroughly stir them and then ask a blindfolded man to draw one, his chance of letting getting the right ticket is one in 10, right? That makes sense. That's right. All right. Suppose that we take 10 to the 17th power silver dollars and we lay them on the face of Texas. They will cover all of the state about two feet deep. That's a lot of silver dollars. Yeah. So two feet in Texas is huge. Okay. Now mark one of these silver dollars and stir the whole mass thoroughly all over the state. Then blindfold a man and tell him that he can travel as far as he wishes, but he must pick up one silver dollar and say that this is the right one. <laughs> what chance would he have of getting the right one? 
just the same chance that the prophets would have at, of writing these eight prophecies and having them all come true in any one man. Wow. So that just puts it in perspective. So is this, so the birth of Jesus is a big deal, right? So this is, we're talking about something that there's a reason why all the angels rejoiced. There's a reason why there was a party in heaven. There's a reason why all these shepherds and everybody are like, oh my gosh, this is a big deal. Okay. And so he's fulfilling these prophecies. This has been written about him for a long, long time. We can't cover all the 300 prophecies, but like I said, we're going to talk about eight. Okay. So eight today. And not only was Christ's miraculous birth prophetically revealed, but God planned his lineage from the very beginning. Here are eight prophecies predicting elements of Jesus's birth and his childhood. Number one, the nations will be blessed through Abraham's lineage. Genesis 12, three says, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. And then the fulfillment of that is in Acts 3, 25 through 26. And it says, and you are heirs of the prophets and of the covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, through your offspring, all peoples on earth will be blessed. When God raised up his servant, he sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. So here's, you know, again, we're going to, we're talking about eight prophecies, just talking about Jesus's birth. Okay. So this is, this is regarding his birth. We're not talking about Jesus's ministry. We're not talking about his, his crucifixion, miracles, all, all that, stuff. all of that is in there, but we're just talking about his birth. So here it is where God told Abraham says, listen, you're in your lineage. Okay. As he said, and we didn't have this in the verse, but he says this, as the sands of the seashore, yeah. there's a multitude of multitude of people are going to be through your lineage that are, I'm going to save. And he talks specifically about the Gentiles. Hmm. So during the time of Abraham, he didn't understand that. He was like, okay, you know, <laughs> I, I'm going to be like a really famous guy and, and all of this. But yes, through him, the whole world has now been given the opportunity to do, but it had to do with Jesus. And it says in verse uh, Acts 3.25, when God raised up his servant, what servant? Jesus. Jesus. God raised up his servant so that he sent to first to bless you, his Jews. He first came to the Israelites, then he turned to uh, all the Gentiles in the wicked ways. So to be clear, the fulfillment of this first one is that Jesus was in the line of Abraham. Absolutely. Okay. We have to understand that. And yep. we also see that in Matthew's gospel where it talks about the lineage of Jesus and our John and how he came. All right. So that's that one. Next one. All right. Number two, God's covenant with Isaac's ancestors in Genesis 19, 19. Then God said, yes, but your wife, Sarah will bear you a son and you will call him Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. Romans 9, 7 was the fulfillment. It says, nor because they are his descendants or they are all Abraham's children. On the contrary, it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. So again, it's when, um, when this was written, you got to understand the Old Testament prophets, they're, they're not comprehending this. But we understand this is because now after the fact, we can see the fulfillment of the writers and what they were saying. And so what are the probability of that happening? So they're saying God told Sarah that through Isaac, and if you go through the lineage, I think it's in Luke, I think talks about this one where you can see through, um, or no, it's in Matthew. Matthew. Yeah, where it talks about the lineage and we can follow that. We can see that it came through Isaac's line. All right, so the next one. So how is that, how is that different than Abraham's line? 
Well, Abraham is the father of many nations. So he was the beginning. And then Isaac, you have to show that Isaac was the start of the nations. So Isaac came Jacob and then Jacob, the 12. And so it started the nations. And so you have to follow that line. It has to be through that line because without, without Isaac, we don't have Israel. You know, Jacob became Israel. And so that is what happened. And so we have to follow that line. And so that is a big deal. If that, that is written in, it's, it's a sign. It's written in the Old Testament. So we have to look at it and say, okay, was that fulfilled? Yes. What this said was fulfilled through Jesus. All right. Number three, the nations will be blessed through Jacob's offspring. We're going, kind of going one generation at a time down well, here, it's right? It's a big deal. Yeah. Okay. So prophecy, your descendants will be like the dust of the earth and you will spread out to the west and the east. The, to the north and to the south, all peoples on earth will be blessed through you and your offspring. That's Genesis 28. Yeah. The fulfillment in Luke 3.34 says, uh, Judah was the son of Jacob. Jacob was the son of Isaac. Isaac was the son of Abraham. And Abraham was the son of Terah. Terah was the son of Nahor. And uh, I okay. stopped there. Well, the reason why I stopped it there is because it goes all the way back to Adam. Okay. So it doesn't just stop there. It goes all the way to Adam. So from Adam, we have in Judah, you got to remember, Judah was one of the 12 tribes. Okay. So Judah was one of the 12 tribes, Manasseh and Ephraim, which were Joseph's tribe. They were split. Mm -hmm. Then you have all of the other tribes. So this is one of the tribes. So we're saying that through the, through Abraham, which is the father of many nations, that was the covenant, the promise that God gave him was fulfilled when Jesus came because no one can have fellowship with God, but through Jesus, we have to go through the perfect lamb. Remember we talked about that. Yep. And now here it is again, the fulfillment in Luke three thirty four, talking about Judah was the son of Jacob. Jacob was the son. Oh, and that's the other thing is Jesus came as we didn't even talk about this, but Jesus came as the great high priest as well. And that came through and he came through the line of Judah well, you got to remember that in the Old Testament, the, to become a priest, you have to come through the line Levi. of Levi's, yeah. Leviticus, yeah. Levi's. And so Jesus came through the line of Judah, as in, as in Melchizedek, when you're studying Hebrews, it talks about Melchizedek, the king, that he came from nowhere. He was a, a separate line that Abraham, if you remember, Abraham gave him and worshiped him and served him and gave. Who the heck's at Melchizedek? They don't know where he came from. We believe that he was a Christophany of Jesus. But that set up for the Jews to understand, well, how could a priest, high priest come from the line of Judah? It has to come from the Levites. And it has to come. It came because of Melchizedek. He set that up. And they believed that Abraham was the father of many nations. So you see how that all ties together? It's a big deal. And so this verse, that's what it's talking about. So Jacob, the son of Isaac, and Isaac was the son of Abraham. Abraham was the son of Terah. So it's proven. So how could, how, could, how could Jesus be a high priest? Well, that's how he could be a high priest, because of Melchizedek, and it came through the line of Abraham, and Abraham worshiped Melchizedek. There you go. All right, number four, David's offspring will have an eternal kingdom. When your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. That's Second Samuel 7, 12, and 13. Yeah, so this is now during the David's, David's time, so David's offspring, so we know that. All right, go on, and the fulfillment of that. Okay, this is that genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham, Matthew 1, 1. And then we, we've talked a couple times about Matthew. If you want to you read the whole uh, lineage, there it is in Matthew 1. 
Yep. And so, okay, so here, David. So David, you got to remember, was of the tribe of Judah. So again, we're staying in the tribe of Judah. So be, it started with Melchizedek, it started with Abraham, and now we're coming into David. And then God told a covenant that God made with David is that the Messiah is going to come through your lineage. Right. And so, but we can still connect them all together. So we can still connect the, the they were all related together. They were all in line, even from Adam's time. Now we're seeing that this is through David. Second Samuel 7, 12 says it's going to come through the David, his line and the genealogy of Jesus, Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. It was fulfilled. What are the chances of that? What are the chances of tracing that lineage back to David after all of those years to see that it came through him? And David was in the, with the tribe of Judah. What are the chances? It's, it's just, come on. It's, it's too miraculous to even comprehend. All right. It's almost, God's just showing off a little bit. It huh? is, he's showing off. <laughs> all right, number five. Speaking of showing off, a virgin will give birth and will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. The prophecy is, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give to a son and will call him Emmanuel. This is in Isaiah 714. Keep in mind, this is the Old Testament. Yeah. Old Testament prophet. So here's the fulfillment. Okay. Um, in Luke 135, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you so that the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Okay, so... Uh, this is just blows my mind. So now here we are. So we've changed. We've changed. So God is now taking from speaking through his uh, the, the patriarchs through, you know, Abraham, Isaac and Jacob and through David, the first king. OK, then after the kings came the prophets, the prophets, the prophets were there to warn the kings to do what's right. Right. So here's the great prophet Isaiah. And God comes to him and he says, okay, here, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to give you a sign. Okay. So this is, this is going to come, come. And I want all of the Israelites and all the people to understand that the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. I just want you to understand that, that there's going to come a time that there's going to be a virgin and she's going to give birth to a son <laughs> and, and we're going to call him Emmanuel. So Can you imagine God the response us. when they, they heard this or people heard this. Can you, I, I, <laughs> I mean, okay. So I've had times where I'm sitting in God's presence and I'm still before him and I'm worshiping him and I can hear in my spirit, him speaking to me. Right. I know it's God because it's bringing him glory. It's, it's bringing me peace. It's bringing me joy. It's, it's his love, all of that. I know that. So here's I, uh, uh, Isaiah in his presence and he's telling him this. And I'm just thinking, man, you have, I have to write this, right? I don't understand God. I don't get it. <laughs> They're going to think I'm crazy. Right. But, but here it is. Now we are fast forward, you know, in the, the early disciples, as they're sitting there going through the old Testament, yeah. they're like, Oh my gosh, that was filled. Oh my gosh, that one's, Oh my gosh. That and it's just giving them the ammo. And as they're talking to the people, no, no, this is what it says. Look, it's fulfilled. This was fulfilled. And then everything, the, as Paul says in the Bible, it says the mysteries of God were revealed. So because of Jesus, all of those mysteries, Isaiah, uh, Isaiah, whatever, 714, 7, now it makes sense. That was a mystery, but now because of Jesus, that all now makes sense. Yep. It's always been talked so about. So awesome. Yeah. All right. The next one. All right. Number six, the Messiah will end up in Egypt. Really? Again, that. Again, that's weird. That makes no sense, yeah, right? Yeah. So let's read that. When Israel, 
When Israel was a child, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son, Hosea 11, 11, 1. Um, so he, Joseph, got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt when he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled the Lord, what the Lord had said to the prophet out of Egypt, I called my son. Do you remember what got him there? Well, it it wasn't it because the the king, Herod was killing all the boys, right? All, all the boys under three or something like that. And the wise man went to Herod and say, Hey, we were seeking Jesus, the Messiah, the king. He's like, what do you mean? What king? You know, what are you talking about? I'm the king. What are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. So he got a little threatened. And so he went and he he wanted to kill all the firstborn. Yep. And so that they are sitting there going, okay, well, if we stay here, then we're going to die, right? Our firstborn is going to die. So God back in Hosea 11, one says, Hey, this is what's going to happen. I already know ahead of time. I already foretold that Herod's going to get ticked off and he's going to be this crazy man. And he's going to kill all these people, all these kids. And I'm going to take the Messiah out and I'm going to bring him into Egypt. Yep. So that's, but he couldn't be born in Egypt. He had to be born in Bethlehem. Yep. Because that was a prophecy. Yeah. And that's what we're going to talk it's about. next. So crazy. Yep. So crazy. So the Joseph took him and he went to Egypt. So, I mean, what are the chances of just that happening? All right. We're just saying one. Yeah. All right. There you go. Yeah, that somebody in the line of Abraham would be born in Egypt. <laughs> yeah. Again, crazy. it's, it's crazy. Yep. Number seven, Christ will be born in Bethlehem. Oh, yeah. I kind of jumped ahead. Micah too. But you, oh, Bethlehem. Can you help me with that? He so you can't help me with that. Okay. And only a small village among the people of Judah, yet a ruler of Israel whose origins are in the distant past will come from you on my behalf. All right. So it's again, so let's just break it down. But you owe Bethlehem talking about a city of Pafertha are only a small village among the people of Judah. So it's in the tribe of Judah. So okay. it's in the lower part. So remember, we talked about Bethlehem at the beginning is about 11 miles from Jerusalem. It's close. So it's yeah. in that that vicinity. Yet a ruler of Israel whose origins are in the distant past will come from you in my behalf. So what is that talking about? Yet a ruler of Israel whose origins are in a distant past. So again, it's talking about Jesus from the very beginning. See, he was the very beginning. He was the ruler, the king of kings, the alpha and the mega, the beginning and the end. So, so you, you're a ruler of Israel whose origins are in the distance past. So it's saying that he has always been. So this is, he's coming. He's always been. So John one, one never made sense. In the beginning was a word word was with God word was God never made sense. But now this prophecy, Micah five, two now makes sense. So not only did he come from the, from Bethlehem, but it's going to come from the, he's the, he's from the very beginning. Wow. I've never caught that before. Yeah. Thank you, Pete. So we'll come your way on, on, on my behalf. And then the fulfillment was in Matthew 2. Did you read that? Yeah. Gathering together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They said to him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the leaders of Judah. For out of you shall come forth a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. So people, so the Israelites at the beginning, they thought that that verse meant that he's going to conquer Rome. Yeah. So they believed that, well, aren't you going to put at your army and aren't you going to take care of all this? They didn't understand. No, he was bringing salvation. He was bringing the forgiveness of sins. So when they saw the ruler of Israel, they didn't understand that. They didn't comprehend that. But he is the great king. He is the great I am. He is 
the author and finisher of all of our lives. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is the most holy and high king that we have. And it's, and it's him that rules our life now. Because of Jesus, we now surrender our lives unto him and that he now has total charge over us. We've talked about this many times on this show, but now we, sur- we swear our relig- allegiance to him. We surrender our lives to him. He is, the, he is the king that takes care of us. So he is it, but he's not the one that ca- came to you know, destroy those uh, armies physically, he came to destroy spiritually the darkness that was in this world. Okay, so next one. So that one was uh, Christ was born in Bethlehem. Yep. Okay. Okay. And then number eight, the Messiah would be preceded by a forerunner. I love this. A voice, uh, Isaiah 43 through 5, a voice is calling, clear the way for the Lord in the wilderness, make smooth in the desert a highway for our God. Let every valley be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low, and let the rough ground become a plain, and the rugged terrain a broad valley, then the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all flesh will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And the fulfillment is John the Baptist, right? Yep. John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord, John 1, 23. So many people don't realize, or some do, but a lot don't, that John and Jesus were cousins. Yeah. So they were they were related, and John was born a little bit ahead of Jesus. You know, and do you remember About the, six months, right? Yeah. Do you remember the story of of John and his dad? And yeah, he, you know, he was like, "He's going to be called John," and he couldn't speak. And yeah. he was like, "What's going to happen?" He goes, "Well, he, the the angel appeared to uh, his dad was uh, my mind is blank right now." Anyway, he appeared to him and he said that um, he said that your your son is going to be a big deal. You know, your son is going to proclaim, uh, you know, make way for the Messiah's coming. And so he was given a big deal. So here it is again. Isaiah is writing this down. He's saying, okay, well, the Messiah is coming. So we're going to have a guy that's going to come on the scene. It was Zechariah. That's right. Zechariah. I was drawing a blank. Yeah. And he was he's he was a high priest. And he was able to, they had like a whole bunch of them and they were able to get into uh, the Holy of Holies one time and they did like a rotation and so forth. Yeah. So this is his one time for the year. And he went in and the angel met him there yeah. and he became mute. So you remember that story? Now a lot of people hear it now. Yeah. Okay. So it's really good. Oh, and you know, the first person to celebrate the, the conception of Jesus was John the Baptist, right? It was a, it was a unborn baby that was jumping for joy. And that's the it. Yeah. It's when they so found cool. out about it. Yeah. yeah. So cool. Yeah, I don't think that was a chance uh, by accident either. No chance. All right, so here we are. So any last thoughts? I mean, this was like a loaded, but just Merry Christmas is is an understatement. You know, Christ must. We want more of Christ. Is that it? Yeah, I think we hit when you hear you go to your Christmas Eve service tomorrow night, and uh, you know they read John or they read Luke chapter two, and uh, hopefully you get a new perspective, and you're like, oh yeah, I know that. That's a miracle. That's a miracle, and just I don't know. It's it's crazy. I, I just going over this stuff. And then the more you hear it and hearing the story of Zach, Zachariah, I just, I heard somebody preach on that last week and, you know, I still forgot his name, but just telling that, that whole story and about how he doubted, which was why he, he wasn't allowed to talk for, you know, until the, until, um, till John was born. Yeah. Just, just crazy. Don't doubt God. No, don't doubt God. <laughs> That's a mistake. Don't doubt God. You know what? It's funny because they were praying, they were praying for a child. Right. And then here comes the angel says, okay, here, we're, here's your answer to your prayer. And then you doubt it. It's like, how often do we do that too? It's just like, 
stop. My hope is that today, if there's somebody out there that heard this for the first time and they were doubting God and, and, and they were on the sidelines about, you know, the reality of Jesus and in all of this, if it's true, um, I pray that they would surrender to God today. Yes. I pray that they would adhere to what we said. I hopefully we proved it. I mean, we just went through the Old Testament and and showed the fulfillment of these prophecies of this birth that Jesus did. We talked about you know the big deal, the grandiose you know kind of thing of it, and I, and it really we you know in context it's there, and He's our peace, and you can have that peace. And I was reading um, Corey Ten Boone. Uh, I read a lot of stuff that she writes. And a while back, we talked about her on the show and, and she made a statement about Christmas. She said, who can add to Christmas? She says, the perfect motive is that God so loved the world. The perfect gift is that he gave his only son. The only requirement is to believe in him. The reward of faith is that you shall have everlasting life. Wow. And, and, and I, and I listened to that and I put that in perspective and I, and I just said, you know what, God, this is a this is so big. I I I understand it now, and I I just want to surrender my life to you, and I just want you to be the greatest gift that I have ever received. And you know, John Rice, he said, you can never truly enjoy Christmas until you look up into the Father's face and tell Him you have received His Christmas gift. And so I just pray today that if you're listening to this and you have not received Jesus into your heart as your Lord and personal Savior, if you haven't just given him all authority and, and believed in him and believed that you were a sinner and believed that your way was not the very best way and that you wanted to turn from that, you wanted to give God and Jesus ownership of your life, you wanted to give him um, the reins, so to speak. You wanted to cast your cares and your burdens unto him. You wanted to find this peace that he brings. Well, you can do that now. You can just close your eyes now and you can just say in your heart of hearts, Lord, forgive me of my sins. Lord, help me to turn from my wicked ways. Help me to, to follow your ways. Help me to fall in love with you every day. And God, I just want you to be my savior. I want to live for you for the rest of my life. And, and if you said that, God heard in heaven, and the Bible actually says that all the angels in rejoice uh, when, when there's one person that gives their life to you. And so if you did that, the angels in heaven are rejoicing. The Bible also tells us to go and tell somebody. And if you gave your life to the Lord, the Bible says that if you confess me before man, uh, I will confess you before my father in heaven. If you deny me before men, I will deny you before my father in heaven. And if you gave your life to the Lord, confess him. Go tell somebody, go share with them that you've given your life to Jesus. Go to, go to church and tell the pastor and tell the people that you just gave their, your life to Jesus. And go tell us, we would love to hear about you. Go, go log on to riotpodcast.co and, and click on know God and, and say, yes, I gave my life to the Lord. Fill that out. And we would love to get in contact with you and, and get you connected maybe with a local Bible-believing church or get you the material you might need to, so you can take your next steps and your walk and your growth with Jesus. So it's, uh, it's been an awesome day. Uh, this has been a great show, Bob. Any other last thoughts or any thoughts on that? Yeah, Merry Christmas. And uh, yeah, if you just made that decision, like Pete said, just let us know about it. And you, you can go, at, go to the website, riotpodcast.co, or you could, you know, if you're listening to a podcast, um, you know, you could you could jump onto Facebook or, or any of our social media sites 
and uh, do it there. But if you're watching us on YouTube, you can just do it in the comments. Yeah. So uh, just let us know where you're listening to us from. We'd love to hear about that. Uh, we'd love to hear, um, you know, if, if you've accepted Jesus today, we would love to hear about that as well. But make sure you press um, uh, subscribe, hit that little bell so you get the alerts when, when uh, a new episode comes up. And uh, Pete, man, I'm just I love Christmas time. Yeah, I'm excited. Merry Christmas to all of our yep. all of our listeners out there and our watchers on YouTube. We just uh, we love you guys. We pray for you guys, and uh, we just wish you all a very very merry Christmas. Amen. God bless you. Be blessed. Have a great week. Bye bye. This has been the Riot Podcast. If you liked what you heard today, please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of the Riot Podcast.